2: Hey guys and gals, this is Scotty D from the Triple Thread Podcast. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports actions, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, baseball games, all their marquee matchups, including great prop bets and futures, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus. Fifty percent, fifty percent bonus on your first deposit. So, before the next tip-off, face-off, or first pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey
1: everybody! Welcome to the Triple Threat Podcast. A different voice today for sure because uh, our man DJ Shockley is on vacation at an undisclosed location. It's undisclosed because he wouldn't tell me where he's going, so I can't I can't spread it to you guys. But uh, today, sitting in with me, Scotty D, by the way, is uh, Deshaun Tate. Tate is uh, is my favorite guest we've ever had on this show. He is a basketball savant, and he is sharp dress right now and I'm wearing a t-shirt in my living room and just feeling way underdressed uh but Deshaun welcome to the show thank you for coming on much thanks uh say hello to everybody for me no I uh
0: I appreciate it uh Scotty D I really do appreciate it I really do man uh overly grateful and thankful and appreciative um of uh of, of just inviting me to be a part of it and you know what I'm a little bit of I'm a little bit envious right now of my boy Shock right now not You know, who knows, he could be out on the beach and got his feet in the sand and probably sipping on something, you know, cold with an umbrella in it and everything else. I'm a little envious of him right now. But nonetheless, uh, nothing would make me happier than to be here with you right now. Talking some basketball, talking a little bit of football. um, And and, and I, I just couldn't, you know, I'm ear to ear right now, man. I don't know if the people can see me, but I'm like ear to ear right now. That doesn't surprise many people if they know that we're talking about. Uh,
1: 94 feet long and 50 feet wide on the hardwood oh if, if, they, if they if they listen to our show they know that you are about some basketball and 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 you are happy to talk about it now but first we got to get in some local information i don't know if you heard the but uh the, the falcons traded julio jones this week and uh and while it's been something we've talked about for weeks weeks and we understand the reason. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on it just for a second for the the people that still just don't get it. Uh, we hadn't we had to trade him guys. We had to. He was uh, he he was costing us too much money. He's a great great falcon for you know for life. Uh, but we hate to see him go. But it's a business. And the new regime came in Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot, who I'm loving what they've done. Um, they had to they had to make hard decisions. And one of those hard decisions was letting. The greatest receiver to ever wear the Falcons uniform go, Uh, so they trade him to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, The Falcons are going to get a 2022, 2022 second round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick. Uh, The 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 Titans in exchange are getting Julio, and they're also getting a sixth round pick in uh, 2023. So, the big key here is that they're taking all the money. There was a lot of talk about about the Falcons wanting a first round pick, and you know there was a lot of discussion about well. You know, there's how could they ask for that and whatever, but you have to start the bargaining somewhere, right? So why wouldn't you ask for a first round pick? Doesn't mean that a first round receiver or a first round whatever is going to be better than a Julio Jones right now, but uh, with with the with the backdrop of the salary cap and that they had to have it done anyway, uh, it just had to be done, and they that was just their starting for negotiation. So they 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 unloaded all of the salary, which was huge for the Falcons. Um, Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback for the Titans, restructured his deal, uh, making $15 million available, ironically, exactly what uh, Julio is, is set to make. So they got it done. And I got to believe offensively with Derrick Henry uh, running the rock and uh, A.J. Brown and uh, Julio Jones you know, catching balls from Ryan Tannehill, that's going to be a tough offense to, to, to face. Um, one of the tougher ones in the, in the league, frankly, just, just because of, mostly because of Derrick Henry, honestly, you got a you got a workhorse like that that can churn out 2000 yards. How do you cover, how do you cover, uh, how do you double cover Julio or, or AJ Brown? But, uh, another quick side note, um, AJ Brown wears number 11. So that's, that was a, uh, something that people for some reason want to keep an eye on. So I'll, I'll, I'll mention it, but, uh, he offered it to, to Julio and Julio turned it down. He said, no, man, you keep it. And I, I got to believe a little bit based on, on some of the words that, that AJ has talked about is that, you know, he might be wearing number 11 because of Julio. So I respect Julio for saying, Hey, I love, I love that you're wearing the 11 and I think you're representing the 11 and uh, you, you just keep it, man. I'm going to take number two. So uh, what, what, what are your thoughts, Deshaun, about, about this trade? I mean, it, it's clear that it had to happen. Um, what, what do you, what, what are your thoughts on? It?
0: Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I got to make sure I say this first. I'm not sure I said thank you just yet for the kind gesture that you gave me and the compliments and all that good stuff. But, um, it's interesting for sure because whenever you have a guy like a Tannehill that could put, you know, like a, a franchise that can put together a good running back. And of course we're talking skill positions, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. a good running back with a, you know, with a good, uh, obviously a really good wide receiver, uh, and a, uh, and a good uh, quarterback as well that could spell disaster for the opposition, obviously. And just like that three-headed monster uh, mm-hmm. and not a lot of teams around the league can be able to say that they possess that type of elite talent, yeah. um, div- regardless of what conference, the div- division uh, that you're in uh, considering all things. And I mean, as far as for the Falcons on that particular side, I'm not really totally sure if Calvin really is ready to be considered that number one option let alone uh, the rookie that they got from Florida, uh, who's a big boy and obviously a, a ball player as well. But uh, yeah, a Gator Chomp, of course, I expected that from you. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the thing of it is, is that uh, so a move had to be made. And let's not sit back and act like Julio has been like, uh, you know, the healthiest guy we've ever yeah. seen either, uh, just to be fair. But a move needed to be made, obviously. And the Titans feel like they made a smart one. Uh, I, I'm under the impression, or at least have the vibe or the energy of feeling like the Falcons are trying to make more so a move for the future uh, versus, you know, trying to win immediately. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're not trying to have the same goals as sure. uh, a lot of the other teams in terms of the Super Bowl, uh, but that does mean that when it comes to those goals being realistic. They're not as realistic for the Falcons as they are for a lot of other teams. So uh, when you start talking about saving money amongst other things, uh, you know, they're trying to put things together for the future. And and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's a lot of shakeups between a lot of other franchises in the NFL uh, uh, this year. And still a lot of unanswered questions with a lot of different players. I mean, and Rodgers or this person or that person, and we're not sure. But the Titans are trying to lock in. On mm-hmm. uh, having some certainty and having a really good feeling going into uh, the season and minicamp and all these other things over the course of the off season, uh, and, and and I think that they feel good about it. But there's nothing wrong with the Falcons feeling good about the decision that they have made, considering that they're building for the future, either.
1: Yeah, I um I, I don't I'm I'm of the belief that uh, when it comes to certain positions, I don't think they they I don't I don't believe in general, that they make you a Super Bowl contender. Nobody's ever a receiver away from being a Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. And so I don't know that they're that yet. Um, they still have a lot of defensive questions in Tennessee, but they, um, you know, they're obviously feeling better about themselves within their division today, for sure. Um, and, and I'll just wrap this up by saying to Julio, thank you, much all the respect in the world, all the appreciation in the world for what you did here when you were able to be on the field. <laughs> uh but you know, it, it it's it's he, he he's he's the greatest receiver to ever wear this uniform, period. And we've got we've had some man. Roddy White, uh um Terrence Mathis. Uh so we've had we've had some receivers through here, but but he's the best ever that's ever been here. And we appreciate everything he's done. Um we know things got a little awkward at the end there, but uh you know we understand that that feeling, you know, feelings can get, get tossed a little bit, and it's okay.
0: And I want to throw one more thing out there, Scott. I mean, granted, I mean, and, you know, I always have to put everything in a basketball perspective, of course. This is not necessarily the exact same thing that Brooklyn is up against with bringing James Harden over, where it's like we have to win immediately or it's bust, you know, we can't come in second place, let alone third, when we go and put together this somewhat super team, but it has somewhat of a super team type of feel because the expectations are high in Tennessee. Uh, In addition to that, that they have Uh, exceeded a lot of people's expectations over the course of the last probably two years or so. I think it's fair. Uh, And that they're looking to get to the next level. The thing about going to make these kind of acquisitions is that in order to get to that next level, you have to go and get the pieces. Now they have the pieces and they have the horses. There are no more excuses. Julio Mm -hmm. Jones is arguably or inarguably I don't know whether you want to say the number one wide receiver, whether you want to say he's top three, whether you want to say he's top five. got a really good feeling that uh, when healthy, he's definitely within that latter portion. Uh, So from that standpoint, you're bringing over somebody like that. And the expectations of where you finish begins to raise a little bit the bar, the standard, the precedence a little bit higher. And that uh, things are going to be expected for them to go ahead and finish the deal. I feel like if not nothing else, like bare bottom, you have to at least make it to the uh, uh, to the conference championship game when you add a piece like a Julio Jones. So I just wanted to throw that in there. If not anything else, you have to do that. And that's not even including maybe uh, in some people's opinion, go a little bit further, which ultimately would be the Super Bowl win, lose
1: or draw. You have to at least do that. Right. And I think that's that's probably gonna be their, you know, their minimum goal. And I think, you know, they look at a division with uh Houston, which is a dumpster fire right now, just because of the Deshaun uh, the Deshaun Watson situation. And you look at Jacksonville, who has a rookie quarterback who is as good as everybody thinks he's gonna be and has for years, um, you know, that he's still gonna have some growing things. So right now they're looking at, okay, what are the Colts? Because they just got Carson Wentz is he going to is he going to find his old groove you know so it'll be interesting to see and uh we uh we wish Julio nothing but the best unless he's playing the Falcons for sure around here um but let's uh let's transition to what you're here for which is the NBA playoffs and yes. we are yeah I thought I Scott, I thought
0: I, I thought I was gonna be here to talk football. I thought we were talking <laughs> football all day long. No. That's what we do in ATL. No. That's what we do in the Southeast region. I thought I was here I for know.
1: football purposes. No, no, <laughs> no. And that's why that's why I brought you. That's why I asked you to come on, um, because I, I'm a, I'm all about basketball right now. Okay, so just a little, you know, I've been just so you know, Kate, I have been. So pumped about this basketball season from from the minute we signed a couple of the guys that we signed. I didn't even know anything about Clint Capella. I'm gonna put it out on on put myself on blast. I didn't hardly know who the guy was. And we we signed him, we we traded for him last year. He didn't play a game for us, and he started the season on the on the injured list. So he missed the beginning of the season. I still didn't, you know, I didn't know what we had in the guy. We signed Gallinari. we signed Bogdanovich. I say we like I play for the Hawks. I hate when people do that. But I, I was I was pumped, okay? And I was excited about this season and it just started kind of ho hum you know, and and uh then then, you know, March third, I think that was the day, we uh fired our coach. And I like Lloyd Pierce. Everything that everything that I saw in the media, Lloyd Pierce seemed like a a likable guy. Um that Seemed like he was, you know, he he had all the right intentions and everything, but for whatever reason, it wasn't working right. And we had a lot of injuries here too. Um, I don't want to get too far on the Hawks, but I'm just give my background about how I've been watching this team all year. I changed my provider so that I could watch the Hawks because uh, who I was using lost all the, all those uh, channels. So I wasn't going to be able to watch the Hawks. So I changed my provider just so I could watch Hawks games because for a few weeks I was going to the bar and watching just to watch Hawks games. So, I've been excited about this season when they, when they got Nate McMillan or when they, uh, when they let Lloyd Pierce walk and they, and they moved up Nate McMillan. Uh, they went on, a, I think, an eight-game win streak, if I'm not mistaken. And right then I said they're going to be the fourth seed. They're not going to pass New York Nets. They're not going to pass the Sixers, and they're not going to pass the Bucs. But the Hawks are going to be the fourth seed. And they came damn close but by a tiebreaker. And they took out the fourth seed and everything. So anyway, that's where I'm coming from. I've been I've been excited about this season, and 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 ever since Nate McMillan took it over, uh, took over the reins of the team. I, it, it's been it hasn't been a disappointment, and I've been proven right. Really, you know, I mean, i so we've gotten healthy for the most part. We lost a key piece this week and everything. So that's where I'm at. But we're gonna we're gonna go out to Denver real quick, talk about uh, the Suns and the Nuggets first. All right, um, the Suns. Have really dominated Denver the first two games so far. First game was a 17 point win. Uh, Second game was a 25 point game win. Um, You got the MVP on the other teams. What 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 is missing? Is it just Joker coming up short, or as a team are they coming up short? Why is there such a gap? Because right now, for the most part, it's been chalk. Okay, in the West it's the one two three four seeds left. In the in the East it's the one two three five seeds left. So it's pretty much chalk. What are the where are the Nuggets come short? How can and how can they come back, or can they come back?
0: I think where it starts at, though, uh, to be honest with you, Scott, is when you don't have a guy who arguably or inarguably played the best brand uh, or of basketball and style and everything that he brought with it, um, like Jamal Murray last year. You know, we saw this team be th- this same team uh, be down three uh, one mm-hmm. in a series to Utah and come back and storm back and win. We saw them down 3-1 against the Clippers, storm back and win. A lot of that is because of Jamal Murray's 40-something points, 50-something points uh, in in multiple different games during the duration of the postseason last year. You don't have that this year. But he's not the only piece because everybody's going to point the finger and talk about that guy. But let's talk about what else they don't have. With the exception of Will Barton finally coming back, Uh, for game two to be able to play. One of their best defensive anchors and guys that hang their hat on that side of the ball, he's just now returning to that ball club. Not only him, Gary Harris, a guy, of course, I have to mention that, Michigan State Spartan, of course, (laughs) uh, that, you know, again, a nice balance of offensive and defensive firepower that he brought to that team. And maybe not necessarily a veteran, but been in the league long enough to where he can still learn some things and still able to teach some other guys some things and still make shots on the offensive end. Not having him, trading him away to uh, the Orlando Magic. Last but certainly not least, Jeremy Grant. Not having that piece from last year and now him being a Detroit Piston and probably the most impressive guy that you wouldn't have expected to have the kind of season that he had this year, not Mm -hmm. on that team either. Uh, Adding Aaron Mm -hmm. Gordon, has been really huge for them Uh, and much like other teams, they've got to find a way to knock down shots on the opposite side of the basketball uh, and, and, and make defensive plays. So yeah, you got the MVP, you got a couple other guys sprinkled in here and there. They obviously look really good. uh, But you know what? You're playing up against a really hungry team. Everybody's got something to play for Scott. Every one of these teams have something to play for. And I'm going to tell you what they have to play for. Uh, as we go through each individual one. But the Denver Nuggets wanting to play the show, hey, you know what? We got to the Western Conference Finals last year. We didn't finish the deal with or without Jamal Murray. That's something we have to do, especially when you have a guy who's holding up the MVP trophy. Then for a team like the Phoenix Suns, who they're playing, they went undefeated, 8-0, and 9-0, mm-hmm. something within that range. In the bubble last year was still left on the outside looking in. With Devin Booker, they add a piece like a Chris Paul who feels extremely, uh, I can imagine, disrespected that he's not in that MVP conversation, along with, at one point, Steph Curry. They looked over Chris Paul. Uh, uh, Joe Embiid looking over Chris Paul. Uh, uh, Nikola Jokic looking over Chris Paul again he has made significant changes to the teams that he's played for Mm -hmm. ever since his days with whether it be the Pelicans, whether it be the Hornets, whether it be the Clippers, OKC, everybody thought was a wash at the beginning of the season last year. He took them and put them in a really good position this year, the Phoenix Suns, they look significantly different. Uh, So everybody's kind of playing for something. I still like Phoenix in this series, but I do think that that's one of the issues being Jamal Murray, probably the elephant in the room as to why they haven't seemed to be able to get over the hump, but things are going to look significantly different going into uh, the next couple
1: of games at mile high. And uh, my respect for Chris Paul is, is pretty significant. And uh, I just want to hurt a little more by just mentioning again, that in 2005, we took Marvin Williams instead of Chris Paul, but, that, that's another that's a whole other discussion. But uh, I, I don't I won't I don't forget that. But that was a different regime.
2: So we're, we're, we're
1: going to move on. Hey, get, let me throw something out there for you. Just real
0: quick. Don't feel so bad. You ever heard of the term misery loves company? I'm a bad <laughs> boy. Piston for life. Just imagine having the number two pick in the 2003 draft right behind LeBron James, not picking Carmelo Anthony, not picking a Chris Bosh, not picking Dwayne Wade, but instead picking Darko Milicic. Days oh that I'm trying my very best to forget. So you're not alone. Misery loves company, Scott. <laughs> Don't forget that. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so so can the Nuggets come back in this series? Yep. Um, I I think that the Nuggets can definitely come back. We're talking about only being down 2-0 series where the next two games are on your home floor. Realistically, can they go seven? I think so. Do I think they're going to win this series? No. Do I think that they can win this series? Absolutely. And I don't feel as confident about that as I do about a lot of other teams, as good as the Milwaukee Bucks have looked. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they have the chance that the Denver Nuggets have to win this series, even though they're down 2-0. Can the Atlanta Hawks win this series? Absolutely. But I don't think they have nearly as good of a chance of beating Philadelphia as Denver has as beating uh, the Phoenix Suns. I said that I was going to take to get to the finals. the Whoever wins the Los Angeles Lakers and Phoenix Suns matchup to make it to the Western Conference Finals. So far, it looks like I'm in good shape. But when you have an MVP, a guy who can't even, a guy who can't even, is not athletic whatsoever. Very <laughs> cerebral, great vision passing ability, facilitator, distributor, not athletic, can't jump over the cell phone that me right. and you are doing this podcast <laughs> on right now. But for sure, uh, definitely is very deserving of the award that he just received. Anybody who has somebody like that on their team who can show the consistency and the persistency over the course in the duration of an entire season. I think that I feel good about their chances to at least being able to say, even though they're down 2-0, going back to their home floor,
1: that they mm-hmm. have a chance. I feel at least good about that much standing here today. One word answer. If Embiid is healthy all year, does Jokic win the, Jokic, does he win the MVP?
0: Possibility. <laughs> I say possibility. I say possibility Uh, because, you know what, we we don't know how they'll perform. I mean, yeah, uh, Embiid would have uh, performed and looked really good, obviously, uh, but Jokic has been consistently looking good as well. It may have made it a tighter race, uh, Uh, and I still think that it was an extremely tight race already anyway, uh, but I think that that one word, just to be fair, is possibility. Uh, (laughs) It it would have greater his chances to be,
1: for sure. Well, you cheated because the two options were no or yes. But okay, okay, I'll, I'll give you possibility. You didn't say uh, that. You didn't say know, that, Scott. Know, you didn't say that I'm part. Giving, <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. Uh, so um, let's move over to the other, uh, the other series in the in the West, um, the Clippers and Jazz. Uh, last night we watched the uh, we watched was it last night? Two nights ago, we watched the Clippers come out on fire. First half, up by, up by 13 at halftime. By the end of the third quarter, that, that, that deficit was erased. It was tied. Um, Jazz going to win pretty comfortably, frankly. Um, what role do you think the Clippers coming off of game seven had, had to that? And, and, and how do you see that series playing out?
0: potentially uh, having an effect, but listen, you're going to play up against the best. I mean, the Clippers put themselves in that position, didn't win any home games except for one. And it took the very last one in order to do so. So that's on them. I don't think that anybody's looking or asking for any sympathy, because if I'm just being honest, if I would have told you coming into the playoffs in the event that the Los Angeles Lakers were not going to end up repeating uh, and going to represent the Western conference to go on to the finals, Uh, you probably would have told me that I was crazy if I said that the Clippers wouldn't be that team either. They are the front runners, essentially, on paper, looking at it from a talent standpoint, from top to bottom, where you have arguably or inarguably, who I don't like to call, uh, you know, a a, a two-way player, because I feel like in basketball, you're supposed to always play both sides of the ball, or at least be able to be somewhat pretty good at that. But that player is Kawhi Leonard. Paul George, we talked about teams that have a lot, uh that uh, to, to prove last time we saw this guy in the playoffs he was hitting the side of the freaking backboard it was like it, it, it was like a pinball machine almost uh and so i know he's got uh, a, a little bit of um uh of of Um, you know, on, on his shoulders, a little bit of pressure, if you will, some things that he wants to prove. I mean, Ty Lewis, the head coach over there now, Mm -hmm. uh, a championship coach, but with success is always going to come expectation. If they don't find a way to get out of this, Whether you believe or don't believe that the Utah Jazz is the best team in the NBA or the best team in the West because they have the number one standing next to their name. The reality is that most people probably expect the Clippers on paper to get past that point. They struggled with a team, again, keyword team, that was better than them in the Dallas Mavericks, that just didn't have nearly enough uh, 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 firepower uh, offensively, defensively, maybe talent on that uh, on that side either, uh, and some injury-prone status to Luka Doncic as well, who can't seem to hit a free throw. But I say all of that to say that uh, the, the Clippers are in position to where they can definitely win that series. But again, Utah is off to a really good start. Donovan Mitchell, those guys, who put out Donovan Mitchell? We talked about chips on the shoulder. That yeah. that that was Jamal Murray coming yeah. back three one. They're they're pretty pissed off if I'm just being honest. So they want to come back and show that no matter who's standing in their way, they are worthy of that number one that is next to their name. They haven't had mm-hmm. that since the Mailman and John Stockton. Right. And I can only imagine that they want to be able to, to live up to the expectation that there is in Salt Lake City.
1: Yeah, that that sun or uh, that Jazz nugget series last year was my favorite of the playoffs. Um, Quick question. Since this no all, Mike this
0: Conley is, either, Scott. No Mike Conley. I don't know. We well, talk this, about this. all the injuries that are going on in the playoffs right now mm-hmm. for each series. I just want to say this real quick, and I do apologize, but I get no. long-winded. Nobody that, that won't surprise anybody. I'm talking about basketball. I get excited. Listen, <laughs> Mike Conley Jr. in that particular series. You've got a, a combination of Joe Embiid and DeAndre Hunter in the other series. James mm-hmm. Harden in the other series. Yeah. Uh, maybe Will Barton and I feel like I'm forgetting somebody else in the other scene. You've got a, and in each individual series you've got some key contributors that are out and that's just kind of seemed to been the elephant in the room for the playoffs, which is kind of a weird feeling considering the fact that you have so many guys during the duration of the regular season who takes advantage of load management. Just want to make sure I throw that out there to you, Scott.
1: Yeah, and as somebody that uh, uses BetOnline.ag that's a sponsor uh, to wager on games, it was really hard to wager on NBA games during the regular season because of all the load management going on. Um, so let's move to the uh, to the Eastern Conference. I have I had to, I had a pretty strong opinion about the Bucks coming in. Uh, I was impressed by their first round where they they just swept the floor with with the Heat, um, but they have looked inept. Um, in these first two games against the Nets. Um, no James Harden on the Nets for these two games. Um, uh, it, it, so I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and let me put some stats out there real quick and then I'll tell you why I thought the bucks weren't a problem. If, the, if my Hawks weren't going to run into them, I, w- I thought, hey, this Hawks team playing like they're playing with everybody healthy. I'm not scared of the bucks. Let's just put it that way. I'm not scared of them. Um, game one, Chris Middleton, six for 23, 13 points. Drew Holiday, no, is it Justin or Drew in Milwaukee? Drew. Thank you. Drew Holiday, seven for 19, seven, seven for 19, 17 points. Game two, Middleton, seven for 20, 17 points. Drew Holiday, six for 10, respectful percentage, but only 13 points. Those two guys have have to show up for this team, but I'll I'll tell you what I think. Uh, what I was thinking going into the playoffs is Mike Budenholzer can't can't win big series. That's that's my opinion. Okay, 2014, and, and it's not just the Bucks. They've failed miserably as the number one seed more than once. But in 2014-15, Hawks had the number one uh, seeding. They were 60 and 22. They laid a big egg. Convince me, and, and if you don't, if you, if you don't, if you're not interested in convincing me, tell me I'm right. I like that even better. But tell me why the Bucks are such failures in the playoffs. Convince me that Mike Budenholzer is not the reason. Yeah, I can't convince
0: you that he's not the reason. Listen, this is the reality. Between a few teams, and maybe you can say something about some than others. Uh, that maybe can't carry this title. You know I'm a big college basketball guy, so i got to always relate back to that. Between the Clippers, the Bucks, and the Sixers, the reality is this. They are the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They are the team that you consistently put on your bracket to think that they're going to get over the hump, to feel like they're going to find a way to be successful, get to the finals, at least if not anything else, uh, and be able to pull this thing out to maybe be a realistic contender for winning the championship. But before you can get to that point, you have to get to the conference finals. Those are three teams that people have been holding on to between Philly with Trust the Process and you know yeah. Milwaukee with, you know, the two-time back-to-back MVP and you know, all of this, and the Clippers having the roster and the talent to do it on paper, but never finding mm-hmm. a way to be able to do it, all of these different things. People are going to stop believing at some point. And they all are teams that have something Mm -hmm. to prove, to show that they are not the Gonzaga Bulldogs where it's like, this is the last time I'm putting them on my bracket. If they don't do it this time, I'm completely done with them. Mike Budenhoser, again, another college basketball reference, is essentially the the Rick Barnes of, of, of the NBA. That's what he is. Great recruiter, great regular season coach going to break all kinds of records and so forth, but it's not going to be able to finish the deal. It's great taking the best looking girl in the school to the prom, but we all know what happens after the prom. If you don't finish the deal, then I mean, what is it really saying? How much credit are you really getting? All of that being said, hate to kind of use that analogy, but it's the best thing I had, Scott. I, I figure that you would enjoy it. Yeah. But all, all of that being said is that, it makes it so hard to trust. And that doesn't mean that he's a bad coach. That doesn't mean that these are bad teams. That might just mean that the expectation of the bar is being set too high for some of these coaches, for some of these teams. Listen, they're playing up against the Brooklyn Nets, a team that is probably the front runner to win the world championship. And for a good reason. Because when Mm -hmm. you make decisions like making trades and acquisitions during the offseason or even in the middle of the season during trade before the deadline to go and get guys like free age, uh, like like James Harden and to put three superstars on the same team, you have to win that Mm -hmm. battle. You have to win that championship. There is no what we're going to wait till next year. They had to develop an established relationship or chemistry between one another. We're going to give it a year to figure out if this thing can be a thing or not. You have to win immediately. And the reality is, while the Bucs is a really good defensive team, while they are a really good offensive team, it's hard to match the firepower of whom is a bad matchup for them in this particular series. They're not playing the Hawks or I would take the Bucs. They're not playing the Sixers or I feel more confident that I would end up taking the Bucs, but not a guarantee but they're playing the team that is not only most likely to come out of the East, but also to win the world championship. And for a really good reason, Giannis does not make free throws. We understand that that is a free space on the bingo card. Giannis does not make three pointers. They've developed gosh, more shooters around him. I'm not sure how much it really helps having a guy who's probably the biggest guy on the floor, like Brooke Lopez out there shooting threes like he's six feet tall, but that is what happens. And in the event that that is the case, I don't feel very confident about them taking down the net. So that's some of the reasons behind why I think that they are not going to win this series. Not just because they're not good enough, but also because the Brooklyn Nets are probably just too good.
1: Yeah, I, I, I certainly coming into this series didn't think the Bucs would win. But to lose game three or game two about 39 points. I mean, that's that's a bit of a uh, that I just it just if all the Bucs down, I wouldn't be happy right now. So let's get to uh, let's get to the series that I care the most about, the Hawks and the Sixers, and 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 it's been you know it's been a week uh, yeah it's been a week since. Uh, it's since uh,
0: Scott. We... It's like I Scott. It's like I got a napkin wrapped around my oh. neck with a big fat juicy steak sitting in front yeah. of me with a fork in one hand and a knife in the other one. Man, I'm so excited. A one sauce, by the way. I'm not much of a Heinz 57 guy. I like my A one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, we haven't, we haven't, uh, our, our listeners haven't heard us for us in a week. And, uh, since then we have proceeded to beat the, the Knicks, the Hawks have beaten the Knicks in five games. Should have been a sweep, frankly. Um, it, it was, it was a total, total mismatch. Um, and it wasn't to me, it wasn't just because Julius Randall, uh, didn't, didn't play, you know, how he played a lot of the season. It was just the fact that it was it was Julius Randle and a lot of other stuff and and I think the Hawks are one of the most well-rounded teams in the playoffs. Um, Derek, big respect to Derek Rose. Oh my gosh, um, I love that guy, uh, especially a lot of stuff he's been through. But he, uh, I have a lot of respect for how Derek Rose competed in these playoffs. And at the end of, of a couple of the games, he was just gassed, man. He just it was too much to ask a thirty-something-year-old to, to to be. You know, taking the team on his back—he—it's not his. That's not the time of his career that—that it, that it is. Um, but big respect to them. And uh, but I was obviously excited that for the Hawks to, to advance. Um, and, and you know, again, it took it took a game and a half for me to to realize that the Knicks weren't a matchup for the for the Hawks. They they just weren't a good matchup. They. they Played really good down the stretch. I haven't looked at schedules to see if they had a soft schedule or anything like that, but they played terrific. They had a great season. They outperformed, uh, you know, all the pundits by by double. You know, they're predicted to win like 21 games, and they won 41. So, good on the good on the Knicks. But uh, we're 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 talking about the Hawks right now because they're still here. Um, my takes from the first two games. I was, for game one, I was just stunned that Embiid was able to go for 39. Uh, with this torn meniscus, um, I, I thought he'd be slowed at least a little bit. But geez, that dude is the dude. He is unbelievable. He he might be um, he might be my favorite player in the NBA. And I, and I always I always lean toward guys that say what they think a lot. And I appreciate him for that. Uh, sometimes I don't want my kids to hear it, but I appreciate a, a guy that talks, to, you know, that says what he wants to say. So. Uh, I, I am – he's a scary guy, but I still think that the Hawks have the roster to uh, to put away the Sixers. Um, you know, again, in it, it game one, when when the, the, the Sixers made a push at the end of the game to make it much closer than it was all game, my thought was, yeah, and this happened last time against the Knicks. They blew a game, and then they went on to sweep – or not sweep, but they won the next three games. Um I love the fight that I saw in game two. Embiid still 40, 41 points this time. He, he's just amazing, and you can, touch on, you can touch on Joel Embiid a little bit. Um, his fadeaway, he creates four feet of separation with his fadeaway just because of how long he is. He, hit, he can hit a three. Not that, he's, not that he's Steph Curry, but he can hit a three, especially if he's wide open. And, God, the free throws for a center, come on. Um, so I'm really impressed by Joel Embiid, how he's playing. Um, I, I don't think that the Sixers can count on Shake Milton, you know, going on a run like he did. Uh, I was proud of the way the Hawks fought back in game two, but they're at one, one now. And I, you know, coming back to Atlanta and I I think the series is, is, is it's going to be, it's tough to call, but. I, for being a 5-1 matchup, I'm pretty happy with where the Hawks are. What What are your thoughts on all that?
0: First, you say touch on Joel Embiid a little bit because of how long he is. That sounded odd. But, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but I want to make sure that I say this. You might have to edit that out. But listen here. This is what I have for you. We talk about, you know, respect for the Knicks and this and that, they sp- on a player. There was was no reason for any of this. I can understand the taunts and the this and the that. Trey Young, he's balding and all this other type of stuff. Let's be honest about this. If I'm just being honest, it seems like Trey Young was balling, if not anything else, on this team. Let's just be realistic about it. There's very few guys that have gone into that kind of hostile environment and taken care of business the way that they did. I said if you want to impress Deshaun Tate, this guy, not that they're really, you know, nobody's knocking on the door saying, how can we impress you, Deshaun? <laughs> but in the event that that was something they need to do, they need to go into Madison Square Garden and take care of business in five games. And they did exactly that. The New York Knicks didn't stand a chance. They didn't have necessarily the defense that could keep up with what Atlanta was able to bring to the table. <laughs> and this isn't just any Atlanta team necessary. They've shown that they can change that narrative. One of my concerns was, uh oh. Are they going to go to Madison Square Garden and get pounded, go back to Atlanta and start counting their chickens like they think they've won something already? Is this going to start looking like Falcons 28 to 3 comeback from the Patriots? Is this going to start looking like 3-1 deficit that got cut by the Dodgers last year to go to the World Series? But that didn't happen. They found a way to start changing the narrative, which I think is a very good starting point. For this team, one of the better teams record wise, not only in the Eastern Conference, but within the NBA since March 1st, when Nate McMillan took over as the interim coach. Nobody's talking about the defensive ability that they have implemented a little bit more. They were one. Let's not forget. This was one of the worst defensive teams in the league just a year ago, in which because the pandemic is really a short season. So it wasn't as far long ago as we'd like to think that it was. But they're also a better shooting team. Guys are having some of their best shooting percentage uh, years of the season uh, in comparison to some of the others. They weren't healthy all season when you didn't have Gallo. All the guys that you acquired over the course of the duration of the season between uh, trades and and, and and free agency, the mm-hmm. Gallinari uh, 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 guys like uh, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, 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 the, the Rondo trade for Lou will speaking mm-hmm. of a guy yeah. who can wake up in early bright and early in the morning and get you 20 to 30. We still haven't seen that yet. There's still a really good possibility that he can go off at any given moment just when you think that you've got it in the bag and he can come out and bring the kind of offensive firepower and, 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 and show that he can get some guys over the hump. And help out Trey Young or whomever else may not necessarily be having a good game in that particular game. It doesn't yeah. really bode well or help for the Hawks, with considering the fact that in game one, uh the Sixers came back from a 20 cut a 26 point deficit all the way down to two and barely mm-hmm. lost that game. But then you have in to to their to in in, in their favor, uh, if I'm just being honest. You didn't have DeAndre Hunter, which was an X factor. And that was a game that Joe Embiid played. If I told you that they didn't have Hunter and Embiid would play and Atlanta would win that game, you probably would have caught me crazy if I'm being honest. So they have to go back to the drawing board. Some of the decisions that Uh, Interim coach Nate McMillan made in during game two looked much like I don't know what his deal is with game twos because it looked much like his substitutions that he made or lack thereof in game two against the New York Knicks where he had Trey Young and some of the guys that help him get to this point sitting on the bench a little bit too long. And that's something that I'm afraid of going forward. But you do have a Clint Capella who has brought over more offense than we actually thought that he would. Knowing what we knew about him coming over from Houston has been bringing much more contribution on that side of the ball than we thought that he would. Trey Young with the floaters and everything else. How about Kevin Herter having over 20 points in game two as well? Where you don't Mm -hmm. have a DeAndre Hunter, you do maybe have the opportunity to insert, maybe not instant offense, but instant defense in a Cam Reddish who's coming back from an injury likely to happen later on this week. Uh, I don't think that anybody in the NBA that's lasting in the playoffs can implement or um, kind of, uh, I guess the word I'm looking for is uh, to, I guess we'll just say implement implement the kind of depth that the Atlanta Hawks Mm -hmm. have where they're playing up to 10 guys. That's yeah. something that doesn't get talked about nearly enough either. Unfortunately, I think if the Hawks want to win this series, they're going to have to find a way to do it in six. That seems very unrealistic, but there's still a chance for them. They just got to find a way to win game three on tomorrow night, on Friday night uh, in, in the ATL to give themselves some sort
1: of a boost. Yeah, that, that's got a lot of information. Like, I I know, I
0: apologize. I get, I get no. a motor mouth
1: you don't apologize. You, you that's, that's what, that's what I like you for. Um, that, that I agree with, with all that. And, 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 you know, Capella has, I touched on it earlier in the show, Capella has become one of my favorite players on this team. Um, he, he's, he's, he's good. He's good down low. Uh, you know, he's not Joel Embiid and that's, that's fine. You, not everybody's going to be, but he's, uh, he's good down low uh, offensively and defensively. Uh, I think that, I don't think that many people outside of our listening audience or outside of Hawks fans realize how big of a loss DeAndre Hunter is, you know, um, and, and we didn't have him for so long. Uh, he came back and he, he, he came right in and, you know, um, he, he's a guy that's capable of, of, of scoring 15 to 20 and also being a shutdown down defender. Um, you know, the Hawks, the Hawks had nine players uh, average double figures and that didn't include Lou Williams. I don't think. Um, just, I don't think he, I don't think he was on that list that, that that I'm talking about, but, you know, I feel like, I feel like the Hawks have 10 guys that can score in d- double figures without even batting an eye. And I think they've got seven guys that can go off for 25 if they need to, you know? And I think that's, that, that's, that's what I'm hanging my hat on for the Hawks is that they're, they're just deeper, um, you know, and, and. and I was I was on the golf course last night and somebody said we gotta do something about him B. We gotta do something about B. I'm like, you know, I don't think we do. I think we'd let him get his, play good defense, and we can't have John Collins going for seven points, you know, or even thirteen. We need we need twenty from John Collins, man. Um he 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 has been not as big of a factor in this series. We need him to be a little bit more. Um and, and, and actually the Cam Reddish thing, I, I I wasn't aware he was about to come back. So that's that's great news. But he's still gotta get his C legs back under him. You know, he he's He's been out for a minute, and he's been out for a lot of this season. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still super optimistic. Um, I'd love for them to win the next two. And then, you know, if, if they go back to Philly and win, great. If not, then you come back home for game six. Let's win that and win in six, you know, exactly like you said. I, I certainly don't want them to. I didn't want them to go back to uh, Madison Square Gardens for game seven either. But I, I didn't, that that was before. I didn't realize how how much a better team they were, frankly.
0: So I got a question for you, Scott. And, right. and and I promise, I promise, just off the record, between me and you, <laughs> I got a question for you. Okay, this okay. little record on the top left hand corner with the little red dot isn't even blinking. Okay, no such thing. Have you had the Lou Will Lemon Pepper Wings yet?
2: <laughs> I've never been to Magic City, uh full okay. dis- full disclosure. Um, but I don't doubt his okay. I don't doubt his testimony that it is that they are the uh the wings. That's why we call them lim- lemon pepper Lou now. But uh I've not had them. Thank you for asking that though. Okay. I-, I assume you have.
0: I, I have not. I think figured- oh, okay. What better time when I get back at some point? I don't know. Man. I've got a birthday coming up even. Uh-oh. So who knows? Invite Scott, my boy, my, my boy SD. Invite him out. Have a little guy's night. All right. We'll go hit up the spot. Maybe go have some lemon pepper lose. I don't know if you're a ranch guy. I don't know if you're a blue cheese uh-huh. guy. I don't know if you can't hang out very much. If we got to get them to go. Wink, wink. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to have to do. All I know is I got to get my hands on the lemon pepper loose. I got to find a way to do it. Actually, a buddy of mine who's going to probably hear this podcast, my guy Rob Parker has been, uh, we call it swimming with the fishes. He owes me uh, a, 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 a a chicken wing dinner bag. All right. And I think that there's not a better place establishment to go to. He's coming to town pretty soon. Let's get SD together. Let's get my boy Shockley in the mix. And let's go ahead and get us some good old, some good bird as shocky would probably call it. I don't know if
2: it. I don't know if we're gonna get DJ out, but uh, if I gotta do stuff for work, I gotta do stuff for work, man. It's so. work,
0: man. This is all work related, man. <laughs> this is all all work related stuff. He's a part of the podcast. It's his pod, man. So we got to get Shock as a part of it. <laughs> we can try. We can
2: try for sure, man. I I, I I'm up for anything. I'll do it. Uh, but uh, listen, man. Uh, I, I really appreciate uh, you coming on Deshawn. Um, I can't, I've said it already. I've said to you all fair. I, I appreciate your, your information. Um, if, if, uh, if you guys aren't checking out his podcast, I'm going to let him give all your information in a second, but if you're not listening to him, I mean, the, the few times he's been on our show is indication enough that he's got the info and he's got the, he's got what you want to know about basketball. Most he his, 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 his favorite thing is college basketball, but he, he's, he's basketball all over, man. So uh, Deshaun, give them, give him the info, tell them where they can find you, tell them your podcast, tell them your, all your social go.
0: Man. If hey, hey, listen, let me tell you something real quick. If we keep going in the direction that we're going in, I'm afraid there's not going to be much college basketball left <laughs> to be played with all the crap going on at Tate's take hoops is where you can follow me on any social media platform, any and all. T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, hashtag, we like to call it where basketball lives, available on um, anywhere that you find your favorite podcast, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Red Circle, Spotify, Stitcher. I think I named them all. (laughs) Uh, Also streaming live on Twitch, on Periscope, as well as on Facebook, on YouTube as well. I think I named them all. Uh, We like to call it the best the most informational, the most educational, and the most entertaining basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. So tell your mama, tell your grandmama, tell your baby mama where they can go and find that at it's called Tate's take, go and check it out. Tell a friend, please. And thank you. And uh, I'm always appreciative of those who uh, are certainly keeping me in their prayers uh, and and, and subscribing. Don't wait, go and subscribe to the podcast. Mm -hmm. It takes you less than 30 seconds unless you got one of those little goofy Obama phones and it takes you forever. And I don't have nothing to do with that part of it, <laughs> but go and do that, go and subscribe. And you always have a voice here on my platform. And of course, man, Scott, and of course to, uh, to my boy Shaku, who I've been knowing for quite some time. Thank you guys so much for having me. And 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 I'm just so happy. I appreciate the flowers and they mean everything to me. And, and I, and I do, it, it doesn't go overlooked by any stretch of the imagination.
2: Well, Tate, thank you for coming on. Uh, all you listeners, make sure you check us out on all your all the podcast uh, platforms out there. And uh, we appreciate you listening every week. Next week, maybe DJ will be back. Uh, I, he's on vacation, so I don't know. He may be having too good of a time, so we're expecting him back. And uh, we we appreciate everybody listening, everybody liking, subscribing, thumbs upping, everything you do for us. We appreciate it. Uh, this is Scotty D signing out for the Triple Thread Podcast deuces thank
1: you for listening to believe